Hello, people of Earth. Welcome to the Vintage Annals Archive podcast. I'm Dr. Thunder. Each week, my co-host Rich and I talk to the people making the culture we're obsessed with and bond with them over their own obsessions, whether it's weird pop culture, vintage ephemera, taking the perfect photo, or telling the perfect story. This week, we're talking to the people behind a viral hit song that's been all over the web this month. Taste the Biscuit is a loungy, seductive tune by the two-piece Toasters and Moose, and the story behind it gets weirder the more you dig. On September 18th, TikTok user JennerSparkle74 posted a video of them lip-syncing to the song, using a filter that placed their face on a chrome-skinned woman walking on a beach. And a meme was born. Then, celebrities like Amy Sedaris, Questlove, Snoop Dogg, and Pee Wee Herman started spreading clips of the song on Instagram and elsewhere. The ultra-low-budget video features the band performing among the clothing racks in a thrift store, with Moose sitting solemnly at his keyboards and toasters standing next to him, swaying and smiling through lyrics about honey sauce and chicken wings. Behind them, a large banner advertising their anniversary tour weaves through the store as if it's alive, and shoppers mill about, seemingly unaware of what's happening. But this isn't the first time this song and its video have gone viral. Back in 2011, forever ago in internet time, the song was featured on the site Video Gum, the G4 channel's attack of the show, and even sung on a late night talk show by George Lopez and Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay, one last twist. Toasters and Moose are a band from the 70s, but only in the imaginary world of a 2010 mockumentary called Chickens in the Shadows. So our guests this week are Estelle Piper, who played Toasters, Tom Shaw, who played Moose, and Vincent Gargiulo, who directed and wrote the movie and its songs. The five of us had a fun talk about making the movie, internet fame, and their lives and work. All right, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss the great guests we've got coming up. Rating, reviewing, or sharing it with your friends will really help us out. If you'd like to leave us a voice message to use on a future episode, go to anchor.fm slash VAAPod and click message. The next voice you'll hear is my co-host Rich Wexler, photographer and creator of Vintage Annals Archive. Everyone calls me Alex here for some reason. All right, enjoy. Uh, Tom? Yeah, hi. How's it going, Tom? This is Alex. My name is Rich. Hey. Hey, there you are. How's it going? <laughs> Good. It's wonderful to see you live. You're a famous face now. It's like, wow, I know. Oh it's, my God. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so what's, just real quick, what are you experiencing right now with all this stuff? Um, It makes me really happy. I'm like really into it. Nice. I'm like connecting with people on Twitter and TikTok. I mean, I, I'd never been on TikTok before. Okay. And for the time being, I'm like, just like responding to people and people are like, oh my God, Moose responded. And, you know, I'm just, I'm having fun with it and I'm bringing some fun into people's lives and it's fun for me too. And I mean, it's a little complicated because I actually have a life and I'm sort of forgetting like, oh yeah, I've got some gigs coming up and some stuff I have to rehearse. But for the most part, I'm really into it. I mean, we'll see how it goes. At some point we want to also hear more about your own your own music and, and that kind of stuff but yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm i'm excited to hear your your touring with uh with music that's great to hear yeah thanks oh my god it's vincent how's it going vincent nice to meet you rich likewise this is alex hey vincent um we're waiting for estelle correct yeah she passed away shortly before uh... <laughs> oh, damn it another day fucking another this happens to us all the time 
You know, we can still make that work. We can still make it. Can you pick her up and move her around a little bit and make her a little puppet kind of? When I said they weren't real, I meant the the actors weren't actually, those aren't real people. Those are computer generated people. Yeah. (laughs) Animatronics. Yeah. Are we live right now? Almost. I'm checking my pulse. I'm live. Hey, hey, I'm so sorry. This is Dr. Thunder. I am Rich. We run uh, the Vince Animals Archive podcast and page. And it's really a pleasure to meet all of you. Great. I know this went viral before, but this seems to be a lot bigger, correct? So what are y'all experiencing right now? You know, what are you you going through? (laughs) Oh, you know, we, we keep things very real here. I think this could be real. It could be bigger than uh, before. You know, I don't know if that's really Justin Timberlake commenting on the video. So, <laughs> or if it's you know, really Snoop Dogg posting it, or I think it, I actually don't think it's actually Snoop Dogg posting it. I think it's his team finding what Snoop Dogg fans like. Pee Wee definitely posted it. We were actually pretty thrilled about that. I think, Tom, you were particularly so. I, yeah, saw-, I saw you. Yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me about that. T- talk about Pee Wee a little bit. What was that exciting? Oh, I've just always been a Pee Wee fan. My partner's a Pee Wee fan. I-, I know Vincent's a huge Pee Wee fan. We have Pee Wee on the on our wall in the living room, and yes. so uh, yeah, I created a little video earlier and posted that on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, thanking Pee Wee effusively, yeah. and then showing a picture of the of his his picture framed on the on the wall. So. That was really sweet, Tom. I yeah. was oh, thank you. By that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I wish you'd make a video like that about me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vincent. <laughs> I need to have you on my wall first. So for us, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing because I was, I was going to post it because I, it, it felt, it felt old to me. And then when I looked it up, like I realized it wasn't. So it got a little tricky but it felt old and it was enough and i knew like it was along the lines and alex had recommended we look into it it just made sense and i really i i feel like even though rich posts vintage things and vintage is right in the name of his instagram and site that it really fits in with the feel of what he posts and the feel of the artists that we love and that we've been talking to on the podcast so i thought it was a natural fit to uh, to talk to you guys and and it, it really warms my heart by the way to see uh that you guys are enjoying this so much because i was like oh this could be like a dream come true it could be a nightmare where you know you're not getting credit for it or you know all these things oh okay yeah. estelle is saying maybe a bit of both, a little okay. of both. there are yeah. moments there are moments you go did that just happen? Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of like outsider music stuff. It feels like like Wesley Willis, kind of Daniel Johnson, BJ Snowden, John Kildoff, who, um, can you explain John Kildoff, Alex? Since you John Kildoff him? does a uh, YouTube channel called uh, Let's Paint TV. We, we talked to him recently. So he, he, he's another artist whose videos get picked up by people and suddenly they're everywhere or some famous artist puts them as part of what they're doing. And he doesn't always maybe get the credit he uh, he deserves. And it seems like you guys got, you know, you it got posted a lot, but it didn't seem to get credited because it seems so real. And then when, if you were to do research, you wouldn't be able to find you all because you had fictional names. So yeah, I right. just happened to know this world enough to dig a little bit and be like, oh, you know, and then I found the documentary. And, uh, you know, that was what you guys all do, especially looking through Vincent, your, a lot of your, your videos is you really do like, you make new things look old. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to thank you for the compliment. <laughs> you know, I look through, like, I feel like, the, you know, Biscuit is part of that, the Ralph song, the David's Pizza commercial. I mean, I feel like there's a Sweet Sweet Maria, which is more like Puffin stuff. Tell me about, you know, where that stuff's coming from for you all. I don't know. I just like, I think things are just cooler. They at least looked cooler back then. Yeah. I love color and I love um, weirdness and psychedelic stuff. And I love retro things and things that are slightly falling apart because not everything lasts forever, right? So yeah. it's like, it's cool to see things that have been around for a long time. And I try to capture that, especially with this movie, Chickens in the Shadows. I made a deliberate attempt to find rundown <laughs> locations <laughs> for them to go to. And pretty much none of them are still there. Maybe a handful are still okay. there. But kind of that's sad, how old the movie is. Yeah. I mean, it's not that, that's not that long ago, sadly. Uh, yeah, only 10 years, and most places are gone. I do a lot of photography, and I shoot a lot of old places for that reason, because I know it's going to be gone, and I want to have proof that it existed. Yeah. So how did you all connect? I mean, did you try out? Like, how do you all know each other? They're yeah, my parents. There was audition. <laughs> I, I found them online, and, and I was sort of like, I had been doing theater at night, starting two or three different theater groups, and and high tech by day to pay for that. And I, I was like, you know what, screw this. I, I'm going to see if I can make camera acting my nine to five. Well, we see how that went. But at any rate, I saw this audition notice and it was lengthy and it was a lot of stuff. And and the character was quite quirky uh, and flawed, which was intriguing. And I, and I always do this, like, oh yeah, sing, play the guitar. I can do that. And then a week later, I'm like, fuck, what are you doing? <laughs> but at the end of the character description, it said, her voice is actually not that bad. And I thought, I think I can pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> I would say you did, you pulled off not that bad. <laughs> well, and that's really what she is. And, you know, there were times where I, I was actually, I'm pretty confident with acting, but I was terrified to sing in front of audiences. And and Tom and I kind of supported each other because he's strong musically, but he was like, oh, shit, because we Googled each other, right? When we found out who the other was, and he goes, shit, she's a Shakespearean actress. And I'm like, shit, he has his own jazz trio in San Francisco. And then we were both like, girl, I got your back, you know? <laughs> it totally worked. Ever wonder how people make money creating podcasts when they're just starting out? Well, I'll let you in on our little secret. We don't. If you'd like to support the show so we can keep sharing these great conversations with the creators we love or want to sponsor the show with an ad, please reach out to us directly at VentureJournalsArchive at gmail.com. Some of the best ways to support the show are totally free. Post about the podcast, rate and review and subscribe to it, as well as our Instagram at VentureJournalsArchive. Put us in touch with people you think we should interview. Thanks so much just for listening. And now back to the show. Do either of you come from like lounge performing at all? I mean, there's some songs that felt very loungy. Have you all been in that world? I'm drunken in that world. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing professionally forever. And when I first moved to uh, San Francisco, I started playing piano in restaurants. Okay. And then, uh, then I started playing at Nordstrom stores. I was, you know, playing like background music and not a lot of bars actually, but you know, I learned all the, the loungy kind of songs because that's what people were requesting, you know, old standards and stuff. But, yeah. And you know, I have a like I like you mentioned, I have a jazz trio, and we do throw in some, you know, sort of loungy stuff, I guess. But you know, we do our own thing with it. 
I, I think that in the film, Vincent covered an amazing sampling of 70s genre styles, you yeah. know, which I think touched those areas, including the loungy stuff. I was amazed at how well they were written. And Vincent really, I mean, your script and your music and your lyrics were like, they were so catchy and something would intrigue you and hook you. And then something would be like a little off. And you realize at the end, why these guys only had the one album and the one hit, you know, <laughs> but they will stay in your ear forever. And I thought so many, so many subtle things were in the music and the script. Uh, Vincent, what were some of the bands you looked at in writing that stuff? What were some references if you had any? Well, I mean, Toasters and Muse, Moose music isn't terribly dissimilar to my own music. <laughs> but I did try to uh, specifically tap into like 70s things. Obviously, they're, the look, the feel of them is Captain into Neil. But yeah, okay. I, honestly, I don't really know if I've, I could sing a Captain and Tennille song. Sort of a great sea Captain and Tennille. Yeah. So get and, your guitar out. Do it, and do Moose's, Moose's favorite <laughs> band is Steely Dan. That's right. Well, I love Steely Dan. So okay. that's a big, big influence. Yeah. You know, I just, I love funk music and 70s, you know, rock and pop stuff. And so it was pretty simple to write that stuff. Um, I do vaguely remember i mean this is like 12 years ago but i vaguely remember purposely setting out to write them specifically <laughs> stupid songs okay but now i think they're actually quite smart but back then i was actually uh trying to write stupid songs subconscious <laughs> got the best of you bud but the, the lyrics of where's my underpants they they resonate <laughs> deeper when you're older you know it's a okay. classic I gotta yeah. say, I watched the film last night because I wanted to do my research. And as much as Tate Sabiscuit is great, I gotta say the Pigeon Song oh, yeah. is one of my favorites. Disconnect. Know. Where did that come from? Uh, well, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> is there any? Um, it's um, all right. Here's your e, e, e True Hollywood exclusive. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, Only here. But um, it is a angry breakup song, so. Somebody uh, had hurt me and I wrote, I wrote an angry breakup song to cope with those emotions and it just kind of hung around and then uh, I thought it would fit in the movie and it's in the movie now. Wow. And so, it, it, so were there a lot of B-sides and deleted songs <laughs> in your notebook or the cutting room wow. floor, like unreleased <laughs> tracks from Toasters and Moose? No. <laughs> I mean, I was, so the, the background here, the, in terms of like the film and thing, I just had this idea and it had to be super cheap. I had no money, really. I had no time, but I really wanted to make a feature because I was trying to prove myself and I wanted to do something with music as well. And so I thought, well, if I make this mockumentary, I take this band out on the road and we just shoot what happens. Uh, that's a pretty cheap economical idea, but it was all very economical. Like there's not, I was looking at old footage to see outtakes or funny stuff and there wasn't anything. It's all in the movie. Uh, <laughs> that's so true. There was, there's no extra songs. 
I wrote exactly what we needed and that's what we needed. And yeah, it's all, cause it was all just trying to be done and quick and out there. Didn't you shoot like me going in and out of an outhouse or something? And I said, oh, you had to put that. Yes, in there, is, there, is, there is one deleted uh, <laughs> segment from the film, Found it. but it's not, it's really not anything. There's just, <laughs> for those lucky 20 people who own the Chickens in the Shadows special edition DVD, <laughs> it is Dear on least. that. And there's a small scene missing where they're driving to Los Banos and they stop at this pretty mountain range and Moose uses the bathroom and they take pictures of themselves, but Moose doesn't have a phone. So he just holds his hand up like he's taking a selfie. And, they, <laughs> and Don Allen says some more stupid shit in the car and that was cut. <laughs> it was nothing. It's not, it was not pivotal to the movie. So there's no, there's no B-sides, there's no director's cut, there's no deleted scenes, but is there, please I tell me the director, there's a commentary. I cut track. it. The, oh, well, yeah, okay. So the, the actual movie is the director's what? cut. <laughs> but I'm going to go, I'm going to go in and uh, CGI some like stuff. I'm going to replace the owner of the thrift store with Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> um, as some CGI monkeys flying in every now and then. Did, did Moose shoot first or was that, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Moose always shoots first. TMI, TMI. I know you guys also made the made porn. <laughs> no, too much different. So were the performances done like live or were, were the people just there or did you, did they know they were being recorded? Cause it seems at least the one in the thrift shop was it seemed like it was just, you know, filmed while people were just hanging out. Is that how you guys did it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was a mix. Um, every performance had its own criteria for Taste the Biscuit. Um, we definitely had permission to be there. Yeah. Um, and I've seen online people talking about how many camera angles did they have? And it's yes, just, we, yes. I mean, spoiler alert, it was not one whole performance. It's cut from several different takes. Um, yeah. But yeah, there were people just hanging around back there who some didn't care and some did. And as it as the shoot went on, as we got, got to like take five or something, people started getting into it and having more fun. And, nice. and those are those ladies back there. That was so fun. Yeah. And also, also, um, I think it was that British bar. I forget Duke of Edinburgh. Britannia. Oh. For 10 yards, yeah. And so I, I I think I got permission and two of my friends were there in the audience and and I was like, oh, thank God someone friendly was out there. <laughs> but that performance and the brainwash, those are one and dones. We didn't do any other takes. Okay. So we had three cameras and we, we just got whatever you guys did. True. So, yeah, so because uh, those are just real open mic nights that we busted in on. Um, yeah, so those are all real takes, but we did have permission to film there. But yeah. So the big question is, have you both thought about going on tour with this stuff? I mean, you have an audience. Thought about it. Tom's already got a band, you know, Estelle. He's got could, a band. Uh, you could join, join in, you know. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. <laughs> We want that money. 
vintage annals. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a karaoke host, by the way. So this this the scenes in this movie were very familiar to me in style, at least. So. I, I love it. I used to I used to I was a puppeteer back in the day, and I used to uh, perform with a cow puppet, and I used to do uh, Neil Diamond cover songs as a as Veal Diamond as a cow puppet. Horrible. <laughs> Um, and I know you are you who are you the fan of the Muppets? Which one? Which one of you is a Muppet? Not a fan of the Muppets. <laughs> you made a Muppet you made a, movie. You made right? some Muppet movie. references. I did make a Muppet movie. Yes. Are you a Muppet fan? I am a big Muppet fan. You love animation too, right? I do. I'm uh, I'm all over that. If I wasn't a rock star, I'd probably be <laughs> a, a Muppet animation historian or something. Dr. Thunder Karaoke is a proud sponsor of the Vintage Annals Archive podcast. Hey, that's me. If you want karaoke at your next birthday party, family reunion, staff party, house party, wedding reception, parole hearing, or any type of event, go to thunderkaraoke.com or at thunderkaraoke on Instagram or Facebook to schedule it now. We do both in-person and virtual events, karaoke or DJing or trivia games, and everything from emceeing kids karaoke to stripping into my cape and tights anywhere you need me. We've got a roster of amazing DJs just waiting to make your party unforgettable, so schedule yours today. Now, back to the show. Tell me about the Rolling Stone article. How did that go about? What was the experience for that? That was fantastic. I I got a message on Twitter from some guy and I went to his, okay, I went to his his account and one of the things I said that here's this guy who has his shirt off and he's a little here suit. And one of his posts was just trim my pubes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> You're not famous so you're talking oh, to someone yeah. who just trimmed her pubes. Come on, isn't that, that's Hollywood. Yeah, so, so I was like, uh, okay. So then I looked him up because I always like to do the very, I was a, an exec admin, you know, in another life. and. So I, I, I checked him out and he looked legit and he had real articles. And so I, I wrote him back and he was like, great. And then he, I think he messaged all of us for our content, you know, and he wrote as he really included a lot oh, of yeah. it in there. I thought he did a pretty good job. I, it was much better than I expected. I thought, oh, right. let's see how this goes. And one of my friends, does well he's no ben fong torsos because that was before <laughs> and i was like he goes you're not that high up in the art hierarchy and i'm like oh my god you're just jealous <laughs> <laughs> in terms of tiktok have you, what's the weirdest versions or covers you've all seen oh god i just saw one today where this guy is really skinny and he's got like a weird loin thing on and he's dribbling that stuff was me <laughs> dude that was your little brother anyway yeah and so I, that was one that i went oh yeah i, I don't i'm not gonna heart this one <laughs> that, was, that was vincent and he trimmed his pubes so you wouldn't recognize him this is a whole different have you seen the one it just came out just came out today there's one where this couple they're dressed just like toasters and moose okay and like this giant oh, yeah. ass like thrift store and she's actually singing the song well i saw one where the gal she's dressed like me except it's red not orange and she's got her hair back up in a bun and then across it it goes i've got my halloween costume already <laughs> she's like yeah i'm taking i'm taking all that down <laughs> that's my, that's my aesthetic they can't have that 
I was going to say, you should be marketing uh, Toasters and Moose uh, Halloween costumes oh right in time. Well, honestly, my, my costume. It has to be like a bootleg awesome. 70s lounge act, thrift store lounge act. Can't be marketed. My costumes person. were all from my closet. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent would go, well, do you have a blah, blah, blah? And I go, yeah, I think I'm I just told you to, pick, to get put together seven different outfits and all yeah. of them are in. <laughs> yep. I, I can look, look at them now and I because I rewatched the movie finally and I was like, wow, I did put that together. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say I was surprised to find I still had that blue plaid shirt in the closet. Nice. It's missing a button up here and it's like really ratty on the tails, but I've been wearing it in the in the TikTok videos I've made. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sell it. Um, if you're okay with it, I'd I'd like to kind of go around and just get maybe three or four minutes or five minutes of just each of your backgrounds. I know you. I know you all have different things you've done. I know you're Vince. You have a band. I know you play music. I know you've done theater. Just I just want to hear more about your lives for a few minutes. Anybody want to go first? Okay. All right. I, I've been writing plays and putting them on like in the backyard and at school and stuff since I was nice. a kid. Give us a little vision of what one of those looks like. One was a ghost story, and um, we had a weird green lanterns on fake wooden legs. Okay. And so I used that under a sheet as a ghost in the ghost story. And then it had this open top, so I used it as a spotlight. Yeah, so I, I was doing a lot of theater, and then later on in life, I started drawing and painting, and I do oh, a fair amount really of that. Nice. And I teach acting and I direct theater and um, God, I do something else. I do some more writing, kind of more like poetry and um, you didn't hear it here, but maybe a couple of screenplays. Oh, all right. And um, yeah, I, I earned all this white hair. You know, <laughs> I just so. did, did making this piece of getting more involved with music kind of lead you to do, want to do more, a little more music or not so much? I've played actually off and on. I've done a lot of things off and on in waves okay. over the years. And so I, in the 90s, I was practicing every week with these different guys from work. And one guy was very much into indie alt stuff and uh, his own material. And uh, and he actually taught me a little bit of keyboard oh, nice. so I could play along with him. Another guy was really into blues, particularly Stevie Ray Vaughan, who was just coming up at that point. And uh, the other guy was really into 90s kind of yearning pop, like... Um, Church, church, and Big Head Todd and the Monster and stuff like nice. that. So I actually played acoustic and and electric back in the day, and they're still in my shed. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, but I I do so much stuff now. It's like I kind of go, all right, where are you going to spend your time? Yeah, you know, I hear that. Okay, Tom. Okay, so yeah, I started playing professionally in 1974. I was like, oh wow, 73, I guess. I was 18 and joined a rock band. This was in Detroit or you know in the suburbs of Detroit and I played in it was a cover band and I played in the cover band for like three years it you know took different forms over the years as people came and went and then what were uh, some of your uh your, your songs what were some of the what were some of your set well we did a lot of the in the first incarnation of the band we did Zeppelin uh, stuff like that and then uh we lost like the lead singer and lead guitarist and then we went and sort of became easy listening and then we started doing you know like jim croce and james taylor and you know that kind of stuff yeah and so then then i moved to uh san francisco because the band fell apart and i moved to san francisco and got this gig playing piano in a restaurant 
And I had never done that before. So all I knew was like, you know, rock and roll or easy listening music or like, you know, pop music. And people were requesting old classic songs like Cole Porter and Irving Berlin. I'm like, what's that? So I had to like find all this sheet music and found out I actually loved all that music. And uh, so I did the background thing for many, many years, including the Nordstrom gig. Um, But then at one point it was around 93 or something like that. I got really frustrated because I was making a living playing music full time. I've been a full time musician since like 1981, but I wasn't happy. And then I realized that I was my most creative and happiest when I was collaborating with other people. So I started um, teaming up with like singers and collaborating and doing, and eventually I ended up playing for musical theater, which I do a lot of. I I do a lot of work with cabaret performers and I also sing and have my own trio. And one of my claims to fame is that I am a really well-known pianist that works with drag performers here in San Francisco, like talented drag performers who can sing and act. And every, every December I play piano for a show. It's these four talented actors who do two episodes of the golden girls in full drag. And I, I play piano in between, you know, instead of scene change music, I play like Christmas songs and I've got a theater of 500 people singing along. Oh, that's awesome. I'm imagining this year they might actually ask for Taste the Biscuit. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) What's your response? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It is is a very sing-alongable kind of song. Don't you think, sir? (laughs) $50,000. Get a sign for ASCAP. Um, cool. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Tom? Uh, that's that's it in a what, nutshell. What's, what's the name of your current band, or where can we oh, find that Golden Girls show? Tom Shaw Trio, and uh, we have our own website. You can also find me on my website. The, you can find the trio on my website, TomShawEntertainment.com, and Golden Girls Live. Ooh, I'm blanking on what their website is because there's there's different Golden Girls asks around the around the planet, but uh, yeah. it's like. The Golden Girls Live, the Christmas episodes. They have a you know web a page on Facebook and cool. I think they just but came it, through Philly recently, if I'm not mistaken. What's that? I feel like they just came through Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Well, not not this cast. Oh, but, okay, not that cast. But yeah, maybe some other queens are doing it. So. Yeah, lesser do, queens. Please do love queens. Do love some uh, Golden Girls. Because Darcy Drollinger, Matthew Martin, and uh, Heclina originated the the whole drag golden girls thing okay. they, they started that many many years ago in san francisco and you know other like i said other people are doing it in other cities but uh, it even, so, even predated the show well i yeah <laughs> practically and and they used to play commercials for scene change music and then one year they said oh no we should get tom shaw to come in and play and i've been nice. part part of the cast ever since so it's a lot of fun thanks for sharing that's great rich wexler photography is proud to sponsor the vintage annals archive podcast rich uses photography as a way to connect with all types of diverse communities and to celebrate the rituals within them He's available for hire for creative portraits and special events. Like his work in curating Vintage Annals Archive, his main influence is the past, so he enjoys shooting on film, Polaroids, and even in 3D. More information can be found at richwexlerphotographer.com or on his Instagram or Facebook of the same name. That's richwexlerphotographer.com. Now back to the show. So Vincent, again, you've filmmaking music tell me kind of where you 
you know, what your background is a little bit. Well, I was a golden girl. <laughs> uh, my background, I started in uh, 1982. That's when I was born. Came out singing. Born in Stockton, California. And uh, I made this movie, Chickens in the Shadows, and it became a big hit. And here we are. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll take that. You you wrote a song that Billy Cyrus sang on the Billy George Ray Lopez Cyrus show? And... Sure. All right, I'll give you a less snarky answer. Um, but that was the better answer. So, uh, I don't know. I really wanted, to, I did love animation as a kid, but I was intimidated by drawing every scene over and over again. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I was like, well, I will uh, do live action. I just discovered Monty Python as a 12-year-old, and I was like, this is like human live action cartoons. I want to do this. And so I started writing sketch comedy nice. and I wrote when I was a teenager, I'd come home from school and I'd write a sketch comedy show called Don't Touch That Dial, later changed to the Vincent Gargiulo show, later changed to Natural Stupidity, which was the last name that I had chosen. And that was the one that I sent out to the world. I sent it to producers, agents, production companies saying, I wanna make this, this sketch comedy show. By the way, I'm 16. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go for you? It didn't go very well. I didn't get any anything back other than Comedy Central writing me back saying, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I uh, I legitimately felt rejected, even though I don't know why I actually thought something was going to happen. But I got really depressed and started focusing on music instead and just would spend hours composing music on a, a Casio keyboard. And then eventually I graduated from high school, went to community college, I decided I would go to film school so I could make nice. the sketches that I wrote. So I went to SF State, got my degree in cinema production, learned a lot about experimental weird films, but not much on how to sell such things. And uh, some of the early films are just old sketches that I wrote when I was a teenager. I can't tell you for sure, but Toasters and Moose might have been a creation when I was a teenager, maybe. Okay. Wow. Just the name anyway. But yeah, I made these films. Just wanted to keep <sighs> pushing them out there. We got Mondo Penguin. We've got I Am Jesus Christ Christmas musical. We have Chickens oh, in wow. the Shadows. That was followed by KNFR from 7 to 7.30, which features David's Pizza, which is my other big claim to fame. And then I have Duluth. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed David's Pizza a lot. Well, it's only 38 seconds, so it's hard. Oh, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh, then I went to Duluth, Minnesota. I made a movie called Duluth is Horrible, and I became a celebrity and hated there, and I love that. And, um, <laughs> and then I was rolling on the, on the success train, and I decided to make a parody of Fantasia okay. called Fantastic, which went the other way in terms of career trajectory, it tanked, even though I spent a million dollars, no, not a million, a lot of money <laughs> on it. And I got dejected, rejected again, 
And it's like, you know what? I'm sick of films. Going back to music, it's easier. And so I formed a band, Vincent Gargiulo National Park. Yes. Uh, we've been playing. It's the same band for the last six years, I guess. Nice. We haven't been active since the world shut down, but we have things coming up. But they're getting distracted by all this old toasters and moose shit. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to see the new BGMP right? video. Let's go back ten years and talk about some taste biscuit bull crap. <laughs> um, so here we are, and now, now, you know, celebrities post my videos, and I'm rolling in in in, in exposure cashing that exposure right in the bus home tonight yeah yeah i mean you yeah. know you never yeah. know you never know what happens you, yeah. get, you gotta wear a toasters yeah. and moose shirt then people will recognize you on oh, the wow. house and say, hey. toasters and moose shirt <laughs> there's <laughs> who are some, uh, what are some reactions to some of the celebrities that sent it out how many people have you seen who shared it what were some that were like made sense didn't make sense any weird, any good or bad comments? We like the bad stuff. Anything, anyone well, curse you out already? There's all kinds of comments out there. Justin Timberlake goes, I guess hard is like a new, or maybe it's not even that new. That's, I've never heard hard as a I think slang. he's talking about his he penis. Like yes, <laughs> he was. I don't think so. But any, well, maybe. But yeah, I, I was kind of stunned. You know, it was like Ariana DeBose. And I don't know, what were all those names I gave you guys oh. yesterday, you know? Well, I posted like a thing. There's Quest Love and everybody. Snoop Dogg. Everyone loves Quest Love. Yeah. You go through Quest Love yeah. posts. Yeah. The comments are all celebrities saying something. Yeah, because they want to be hip. Yeah. You know. yeah. What is your next? What are you going to do? I mean, what do you, are you? What do you plan to do with this stuff? Are you going to try to like communicate with these people? Or are you going to try to? What is your next step here? Are you? I think so. We're entertaining so many offers. <laughs> What, what was that, Vincent? Oh, I mean, I, I thank them. I contacted a few of them. I slipped into their DMs, but they didn't, they had nothing to say. Although the the star of um, my big fat Greek wedding, Nia Bardalis. Oh, yeah. Bardalis. Yeah. She was already following me. I didn't even know it. Wow. And she, she offered Aww. to be in the next project, whatever that is. Really? For a chickeny biscuit. I mean, what do you think it is about the song that's really exciting people? Is it the performances? What, what's what do you think is why do you it's think happy. it's happy? It's like happy as fuck. Happy and as fuck. I, and goofy. <laughs> I mean, people. I, somebody on on Twitter said, you know what? I, I think it's actually the guy, and um, he he said it too in the Rolling Stone article. He said, you know, people need to just be happy and goofy and silly, and you know it. And it has so many elements in it. You go, I mean, people go, what did I just is see? This really happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And are these real people, you know, or what the fuck? So I love some people, some people, when they realize that, you know, the movies like 11 years old, they're like, Oh, I wonder if they're still alive. And then we'll comment like, yeah, we're here. And they're like, Oh my God, we're so happy. I'm a ghost. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. yeah. This kid are like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're alive. <laughs> You know, and, and really a lot of written, at least to me, and said, you know, I, I always felt like I'm a, an outsider. And now I feel like I'm, you know, this whole TikTok thing, particularly, I feel like I'm part of something and I've made these friends. And 
I don't know. It, it reminded me not, it's not the same, but you know, there were all these people that felt like loners that flocked to Lady Gaga. Right. And, oh. and, um, and I was always kind of struck by that. And I've had a lot of kids go like, tell me things that they're unhappy about in these last two yeah. weeks. And I'm like, just trying to, you know, we love you and you're okay. You may be weird as fuck, but so are we, you know. I mean, there's there's definitely an authenticity to the performance, even though it's a it, it seems very authentic. You're having fun. You know, it seems like the reason I love all the outsider stuff is because they're just doing it to do it. They're not trying to fucking, you know, be famous. They're just doing their weird thing and having a good time. There's like two categories. There's outsider music and there's something called like private press which is again, just weirdos in the, in the seventies to the nineties that had access to making uh, 300 copies of their lounge act so they could sell it when they performed at the Howard Johnson's. But again, it's just something so authentic that I feel like you all tapped into in my opinion, which I think is why it's, it seems to be viral because it's coming off as real. It's, I think it's why you're not maybe being credited as much. It looks like it's real. Oh yeah, they think we're a real thing. Which yeah. is great, which means you all did a great job. Oh, totally. Too good. <laughs> Right. My big, my my <laughs> biggest joy is that people are starting to discover the movie, and like yeah. I just love the movie. I loved being in it, and I'm like really proud of it. And like I've always wanted to be in a movie, and I was in this movie, and then it like you know didn't really go anywhere, and now it's like kind of going somewhere. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's definitely in some sort of trajectory, and I love it. I mean, for years I thought. Well, I always had this dream to be in, in a movie and well, I was in one. So, yeah. well, so, and now it's like people might actually acknowledge it. So, well, that's why we're talking to you now, you know, yeah. it's not just to ride this wave. It's to like, oh my God, these people deserve credit for this great thing that they yeah. did. And nobody's realizing that there's this great movie behind it that they can watch now, you know, there's, that's getting lost. I put it in the comments all the time. I'm like, it's from the movie. <laughs> We've YouTube. already gotten a few messages like, oh, thanks for ruining this for us. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to get, oh, yeah. like, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we, yeah. we try to really like, we try to help people. We try to, you know, get, we try to share the oddball stories. And I mean, we have an audience, it's not huge, but we have a nice audience. And I just wanted to do something because it seems like it's not right that people aren't doing more with it and crediting you the right way. Cause all you had to do was take three fucking minutes and do some research. Yeah. Google the lyrics. Right. A little. Yeah. Yeah. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hey folks, this is Kevin Allison of The Risk Podcast, where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I've been a big fan of the Vintage Annals Archive Instagram for a long time now. I love all the love that goes into the celebration of some of the more obscure and off the beaten path parts of pop culture history and you know the amazing artists and bohemians who you know, might not be so much in the spotlight right now but that we still have so much to be inspired by or, or just to have a good laugh with and now i'm such a big fan of the vintage annals archive podcast i'm one of the first guests on it I gotta say, Rich and Dr. Thunder, their style is so unpredictable and surprising and just doesn't follow all the conventions of your typical like interview podcast. It's much more like conversations with friends that can just go anywhere. 
just kind of like my podcast, Risk, you know, in comparison to other storytelling shows, there is a level of raw honesty and intimate vulnerability in the stories shared on Risk. People have shared jaw-dropping stories about cannibalism or kidnapping or the kinkiest sort of kink stories, you know, but also spiritual breakthroughs, beautiful stories about transcending trauma, near-death experiences, and even, you know, just flat-out hilarious, you know, the most mortifying things that people have lived through. That's why Risk is such a favorite podcast of therapists and outdoor adventurers and activists and writers because it's a show that is just so filled with life at its most. So that is why the Risk Podcast and the Vintage Annals Archive Podcast are so simpatico. Good friends. <laughs> a lot in common. So seriously, do yourself a favor. Subscribe to both podcasts and spread the word. Take a risk. Now back to our conversation. This is whole thing in the beach about I come from the planet of your toes. I've come for your daughters. <laughs> Fucking classic. Here, talk about my movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. While watching it, I was thinking, oh man, there's so many things this is reminding me of. But each thing it was reminding me of came after the movie because the movie was so long ago. Th things like <laughs> Mark Rebelais, some of his performances happen in spaces that look just like the ones that Toasters and Moose is performing in in the movie. Even the even the plot of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, they're mm -hmm. performing outside of all the bigger venues and it has the same feel of what you are while we're doing. Or the Blue Jean Committee episode uh, of Documentary Now, which came out after Chickens in the Shadows. Yeah. Trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking just yesterday, like our whole story could be a documentary, like an actual documentary. Yes. The well, story that's of. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> You're filming it right yeah. now. <laughs> or, oh, well, wow. People have said, why not have a sequel? And, you know, they could be going through something very much like mm. this. I think you should make the sequel a documentary and just make it real. The, the other option is to get even more meta and have Nier Vidalis play, uh, <laughs> oh, play toasters and, you know, get like, I don't, I don't know who to pay, play Moose. Who, who would you want to play you, Moose, in a, in a movie? Oh, my. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> you kind of look like Moose. Oh, yeah. I think, I was telling Alex that he looked, you two remind me of each other like 10 years apart or 15 years apart. <laughs> you have a similar shape of nose, the same face. You, the, the picture hair is kind of similar. Oh, I'll play, uh, I'll play, I'll play Moose from the I, 70s, back in their first wave of fame. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. There you go. I see um, it, for sure. Maybe you can just <laughs> pretend you got all famous, maybe we'll be famous, and just be assholes for <laughs> an hour. Do on just being horrible people. Yeah. This is what well, happens. You know, it's funny you bring this up. Because <laughs> um, the, true, the true biscuit heads out there, maybe <laughs> there, there is an actual continual Toasters and Moose story. Yeah. Uh, after the movie, mm. um, for anybody who's paying attention. So in they they released the video called I'm Not Homeless after the okay. movie. Which right. in real life I thought, that, I thought that was from the movie, but I guess it was just the line. No, it's right after it. It was yeah. it was made after We're living it. Off internet glory. Right. Okay. We had become a hit, so we pushed a video out 
And my thought was, well, toasters and moose are reacting to being so famous now and they're complete assholes about it. Yeah. That's the way um, to go. So that's what that video was. And then that video wasn't that successful. So I brought it, <laughs> I brought it back down to what, now. to what people like, and they like, they like toasters and moose in a, in a shitty setting. So we went to the Hacienda mobile home park for the reunion. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. And I had them get married at the end. And I feel like that. And they talk about their past experiences and the past videos and their in success. Well, and in Hollywood and, and yeah. 30 dirty nice. celebrities. And and um, and yeah. uh, and it completes the arc, kind of. The, the, that's the story. Wow. This is this is like George Lucas. You already had like six <laughs> volumes like the already written so when it came out. We, we, we need to see we need to see uh, one through three from like yeah, the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. Yep. If it doesn't already exist, guys, since I'm a longtime karaoke host, I know a lot of people who make karaoke tracks. Is it okay, Vincent, you're the writer, to have that those made into karaoke tracks? I don't even know how that works. <laughs> I would that to be interesting to find out. I'd, I'd be curious. I, I have a bunch of friends who make them like multiple it's a day. Already so it, a karaoke track. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I, I bet there is. Yeah, there now that I'm saying it, maybe not oh, every yeah. song in the movie, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. I'm open to anything that pays. There you yeah, go. It, yeah, you should get paid for that, Vincent. If this if this is the big song, what are the next what are the next two songs in the film that you would feel like are next for the for the world of uncredited <laughs> uncredited uh, things going viral? Well, Maybe Halloween, rock your body home. Halloween's yeah. coming up, so oh yeah, the oh, yeah. spooky tune is probably makes the it most. Pretty sense. good. Yeah. Rock Your Body Home's pretty solid. What is the pigeon song called? Is it just a pigeon song? Disconnect. Disconnect. Nice. Operator, please. Have you released these songs on like Spotify or anything? Have you ever decided putting the soundtrack out? Uh, I submitted that yesterday. There you go. Nice. Awesome. And it's on they Bandcamp. They're all on Bandcamp. They've been on Bandcamp. Okay. But um, now they soon they should be on other platforms so you can put them in your playlists well and this when this goes out you have another nine fans so you know cool so we're just here to exploit you guys we're just riding <laughs> speaking of exploiting and pl plugging things tom plugged his band and such and i i don't want to short shrift uh vincent and estelle what what do you guys have to plug where should people go if they want to learn more or see what you're doing now I would say go to my multimedia i i have a website and i'm going to have a lot of paintings and stuff on there. There's some other things I do as well. What uh, is your website? Yeah, it, it's actually in process right no now. No worries, okay. no worries. Yeah, but I'll send that. Okay. But yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook. and I'm either Estelle Piper or Amistelle, which is the first part of my email. Nice. Uh, it's a marriage of Amarillo, where I was born, and my name. I had to come up with it for some job. <laughs> so yeah, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and What's that? A Tumblr. Okay. Yeah. My more off-color stuff is on Tumblr. And so they can just search Estelle Piper and find you on those places. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Great. And there's a lot of crazy stuff, photos out there that I go, oh, God, that's still out there. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I mean, okay, I went to school for theater and all that, and I did a bunch of edgy shit, you know, in some of my theater groups, and I'd done Shakespeare and play Prospero and blah, blah. And so these last 
two weeks, I look up and go, I mean, all, <laughs> all through this fucking pandemic, I've looked at my life. Maybe I was scammed by a guy in 2020. All these crazy things happened to me in pandemic. And I was, I just look up and go, this is my life. <laughs> it's going to ride you to your grave. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we're here. You're welcome. Huh? Welcome. Love it. But I just never would have thought, you know, I was like, wow. And then I think, well, you got a sense of humor anyway. <laughs> I'm actually, it's kind of neat because I, I think actually one of the things that I like about this production and the way we work together. And I think what comes through in, in the movie and the video is that, yeah, we were just doing, none of us were well-known. We were doing our thing yeah. the best we could. Um, I love that many of my errors, you know, worked for the character. <laughs> when I was singing. Um, and so when I see them on, on, in film, I go, Oh God, I'm like, Oh, nope, that's good for her. That would, that'd be perfect. But I think I really felt good about it. this was my first indie film. You know? awesome. so I was like, wow. Thank you. It's very cool to hear. And Vincent. Vincent. Hey, plugs. Anything uh, uh, people well, can, uh, can find you doing can, online? I mean, I'm the I'm the most popular of the Vincent Gargiulo's out there. So any <laughs> you can you can Google that. You can go to vincentgargiulo.com or in any social media platform. I'm very popular on TikTok now. Apparently, there you go. Oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm out there. There is another Vincent Gargiulo who was murdered. That was not me. Uh, I'm not the one who was murdered. But you did take over his identity. I definitely did. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just for for anybody uh, who who doesn't know how to spell that, it's what G A R G I U L O. Ding 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 ding. There you go. One risk can spell here. It's not me. And, and yeah, I, I should say Vin Vincent has just a plethora of amazing videos on his on his website and oh I'm sure God. on your Instagram. It's yeah. an, an endless delight. So I recommend everybody go there and, and check them all out and, and, uh, and his YouTube channel. And Tom, do we do you? Oh, I have a YouTube channel, too. Oh, okay. great. Yeah, same here. Tom Shaw Entertainment. <laughs> where can where can people find you, Tom? Uh, well, I mentioned my website, TomShawEntertainment.com. And Tom Shaw Entertainment channel on YouTube. I mentioned my trio already. Tom Shaw Trio, and they have a website. Cool. And as far as gigs coming up, you know, I've got Golden Girls the whole month of December. It's like awesome. 25, 26 performances. So that's the and main Coasters thing. Coasters and Moose, right? Oh, it's Moose. <laughs> Coasters and Moose live tour is happening too, right? Really should. I, I don't see a lot of shows. I would come. I'd come see you all. O opening <laughs> for Justin Timberlake, I hope. Hey, right. I mean, can, can you imagine the reaction right now if Toasters and Moose came out during a Justin Timberlake show? Oh, my like, God. People would lose their minds. We would need we security. <laughs> We're hard. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I feel like you something like that has there. to happen. Just so all, <laughs> all the millions of times that like yeah. songs Vincent has written has been shared without him getting any payment. Like uh, something like that has to happen. I'd love to see us come on during Snoop Dogg, actually. Yeah, I think you should be a good Snoop Dogg sample or perform Ooh, with them. Yeah. That would be tough. I, I'm hoping Pee Wee wants Toasters and Moose in his next film for like a little that. segment or something, yeah, like a cameo. Right. That's my dream. <laughs> Thank you all so much. It was really great meeting you all. Definitely a pleasure. I'm glad this happened so quickly. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And there you have it. 
thank you so much to Estelle Piper, Tom Shaw, and Vincent Gargiulo for talking to us. Watch the movie we talked about, Chickens in the Shadows, where Taste the Biscuit comes from, on Vincent Gargiulo's YouTube channel or vincentgargiulo.com, where you can find his many other hilarious and entertaining short films, including further chapters of the Toasters and Moose saga. That's Gargiulo, G-A-R-G-I-U-L-O. You can find the full movie soundtrack, an entire album of Toasters and Moose, by searching Chickens in the Shadows on Bandcamp or Spotify. Another thing you can see on YouTube is this interview and its unedited visual zoom grid glory. Search for the Vintage Annals Archive channel or the story behind Taste the Biscuit. Contact us at vintageannalsarchive at gmail.com or at vintageannalsarchive on Instagram. Our website is, you guessed it, vintageannalsarchive.com. Be sure to type two N's in annals because the Vintage Annals Archive is something very different. Please leave us a voice message with a question, a suggestion of who to interview next, topics we should cover, or just to say hi. Go to anchor.fm slash VAAPod and you might hear yourself on the next episode. That's anchor.fm slash VAAPod. This show was mixed, edited, and recorded by me, Dr. Thunder, also known as Alex Spencer. Alexandra Jones lent me her peerless script editing skills. The Vintage Annals Archive site and Instagram are created and are curated by my co-host Rich Wexler, photographer extraordinaire. Find me at thunderkaraoke.com or at thunderkaraoke on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, this is Dr. Thunder sending you honey sauce wishes and mac and cheese dreams.